This is episode 611 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, April 5th, 2019. I'm your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about stories, the path of destinies, which you may be thinking, that's an old game. I played that on PS4 or PC back in 2016. What is wrong with you? Why are you playing it now? That is because it just came out on Xbox One uh, last month, late last month, uh, and I've been playing it, and I've been enjoying it. Way more than I remember, because when I booted it up and started playing it, I thought to myself, hey, I think I played this. I don't remember it all that much, uh, outside of the, the general concept and all that. Uh, I think I thought it was okay, but now I think it's pretty damn good. And in addition to that, I'll be talking about Apex Legends, I guess, why not? And a little bit of news... I'll touch upon news, and when I say touch upon, I mean I'll just poke it and be like, hey, this is making people upset, I guess. I don't care, so that's that. And also, game difficulty. I think I'll talk a bit about that, since there was a bit of an uproar, if you want to say, over a Game Informer article, I guess, where uh, Dan Tact talked about how the an, an easy mode should be in Dark Souls games, or something along those lines. Uh, it's been a few days since I read it. Uh, but it spurred topics across the internets about whether or not games need to or should have easy modes, you know, all of them, etc., and stuff like that. And I'll give my two cents. But I'm going to start with stories, The Path of Destinies. Also, random movie stuff. Anywho, stories, The Path of Destinies is a choose-your-own-adventure-esque action-adventure game where you play as a fox. I believe your name is Ronaldo. There are a lot of names. I think Lupino is the rabbit. And then Zenfa Zenifa is uh, the cat. A lot of animals. You play a fox, whatever. And you're trying to stop this war or whatever that's happening. The story is okay. It's well told by a narrator, and the writing is alright, but what kept me going through it is that, one, I do like the concept, the, the, the way the game is structured in this choose-your-own-adventure thing, where in between each level, you're given multiple options between two and three. When you uh, get near the end, it'll force you down a specific path, and you'll see how it plays out. You'll get an ending, and then you can restart everything and see how different choices will lead to different outcomes. And I think there are eh, close to 20 different endings. Of course, getting all these endings will lead you down similar paths, and, and in terms of locations, you'll be going to the same places a lot. But you'll be able to access new areas as you upgrade to have multiple swords, which will allow you to unlock other doors. Why I'm really enjoying it, though, is because I think the combat is a lot of fun, and I think there are a lot of smart design choices in it that I think are actually just a figment of my imagination. The thing that I love most, so the way it works is just like a regular hack and slash. You uh, attack with the X button, with the X button, you 
dash with the A button. You have a grappling hook that you use with the Y button. And those are your base moves. You can counter enemies by pushing in their direction, holding in the direction of the attacking enemy and pressing the X button at the same time. And that's pretty much it. You can also hold X to grab an enemy and then throw them around, throw them into other enemies, uh, which come into play as newer enemies uh, are added. And there are four or five enemies in total. There are just your basic enemies. There are shielded enemies who hold shields who you can use the grappling hook when you unlock the ability to pull the shield off or throw enemies into them to knock their shield away. There are enemies that will buff other enemies. There are ones that will make these like fireballs. They'll shoot out fireballs and then ones that explode upon contact. Not upon contact. You hit them once, they'll be set to detonate in a few seconds. You hit them again before they detonate, then they'll explode immediately. And one of the things I love about the combat is that the countering feels really good. And... I don't know if this is really happening or not, if it's just a figment of my imagination. It seems like enemies that are off screen, because it's a fixed camera, you can't, you don't have any camera control, but it seems like enemies that are off camera that you can't see won't attack you, so that you don't have to worry about countering an enemy that you can't see is, is about to attack you, which probably isn't the case. It just seems like that would be a crazy thing to, to, to code for or something. I say having no experience with coding or any of that crap. But if that is the case, it is such a, a genius design thing. Because it, it makes the combat feel really good and manageable and not cheap or, or frustrating in the, the wrong ways. You know, I, I never feel like I'm getting screwed over by the combat. If I make a mistake, it's on me. And just the, the base combat, as, as simple as it is with the limited moveset, your attack and your grapple, dash, and uh, grab, it feels really good to just get into these attacks because it's somewhat reminiscent, just go with me here, of too human in the way you can glide between enemies. So if an enemy is within a certain range, you're attacking one, you move your analog stick towards the direction of another enemy. If they're close enough, you'll just like glide right over to them and start attacking them. And it feels really good. It feels very fluid and it, it makes it a really fun experience. Even after playing it for however many hours I've played it so far, I've gotten a handful of the endings. I, I've opened up the ability to access the big ending you have to get at least one ending in these four different categories that have different uh ultimate results uh which give you truths of what's happening so you'll you'll reveal you'll reveal to yourself that this enemy uh, this person is a traitor or this person is actually on your side etc and as you learn more of these bits of information new paths will open up in uh you know uh, the following playthroughs and stuff like that and it's just, it's a good little game. You can play through one chapter pretty quickly. You know, the, the time it takes ranges, but I'd say at max, one would take 15 minutes. So it's a game you can play in little bite-sized chunks, which is nice. It would be great on Switch if it's not already on Switch. Uh, I don't think it's on Switch, but uh, it, it would be perfect on Switch. And if they're not currently working on bringing it to Switch... 
they should, given how the Switch has been a pretty good place for indies. Um, but it also has a nice cel-shaded art style, which is not amazing or anything, but it looks good and it runs well. Uh, I, I, I really like it. The one thing that annoys me is that the upgrade system with your swords is linear. It's not like you actually have any real choice in choosing this sword or, or this sword uh, or, or what have you. You're basically, over the course of playing through the game, the resources you collect will allow you to upgrade this sword first. And you won't be able to buy another sword or whatever for a while. So you might as well just use the resources you've collected at this point to upgrade this sword or get this sword. And then wait until you get the resources to get the next one. Like, there's no choice when it comes to getting new swords or upgrading ones you already have the choice is made for you because the way resources are doled out uh you have ore which is used for all swords and then certain elements for each individual sword so you'll in the end you'll have a wind sword a flame sword and an ice sword or water sword i don't know ice water same thing and your base sword and each of these swords has special abilities attached to them the ice sword can freeze enemies the flame sword can burn enemies. Your base sword can heal you. And then the wind one can slow time. Uh, and you use magical power to do that, which you refill by breaking items in the uh, environment and collecting these, I don't know, plum-looking things, these purple tomato things. Uh, but I, I really like it. It's been way more enjoyable than I remember it being and I don't know if it's just because the comet didn't click with me initially but the comet feels really good and that's important since that's pretty much all you're doing in game in, in the world you get to areas where you have to flip a few switches and it might try to look like a puzzle but it's not a puzzle because you just you do this and then you do that one and it's just okay it's the most obvious thing in the world. There's not much thinking involved in any of the borderline, questionably puzzly elements of the game. But I really, really like the combat. The story, while not super memorable, is engaging enough while I'm in it that I'm like, okay, I want to see where this plays out. Uh, which is, it's a weird semi-compliment in that you know I, I can't tell you a bunch about the story that's going on right now but when i'm in it when i'm playing it it's enough to motivate me to keep playing it and want to see how this particular arc will play out uh i like the main character and all that uh and i i do, I do wonder if maybe it would have been a little bit better if instead of having a narration and the narrator doing all the voices for all the characters if the the main players actually had individual voice actors so that these characters sounded like them however they're supposed to sound as opposed to just one person making up sounds of voices for all of them but uh i'm liking it quite a bit and if you don't mind replaying through areas over and over again because you will be doing that given the structure and all that uh i think it's worth picking up and it's got a fair amount of content if you're somebody who's going to go after each and every single ending. Another nice thing about the structure and choose your own adventure thing is that uh, 
when they lay out the choices between each chapter, each level, it'll put a little exclamation point near ones that you haven't yet tried. So if you are unsure of which stories you've followed, which paths you followed in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it, it lets you know, you know, pretty clearly that, nope, this is a path you have yet to uh, go down. So if you want to see something new, go down here. Uh, and you can upgrade your character uh, quite extensively. There are four different levels. And I, I like the abilities you unlock because some of the, some of the stuff really does help, like the ability to pull shields off with a grappling hook. You have to unlock that ability. When you get your dash ability, you only get two initially, but then you can unlock stamina so that you can do up to seven without having to uh, get your stamina back up, which is nice. And stamina refills automatically. Um, and there are things that make uh, combat slow down a little bit when attacking and doing perfect hits and stuff like this. It's a, a fun little game. And I would highly recommend checking it out if you missed it on PC and PS4 back when it originally came out. And it's, uh, again, finally out on Xbox One, hopefully coming to Switch at some point. Because the, the structure of it just feels so perfectly suited for the Switch. But again, that is Stories, The Path of Destinies. And I like it. So, in addition to that, I did play through Tacoma which took me a little under two hours. I'm not going to talk about it too much here because it will be the next episode of Attack the Backlog next weekend. All I'll say is that I left pretty underwhelmed. I like parts of it, and I really like the whole setup of it and the way you interact with the environment and the world and all that and the, the characters themselves, but... Ultimately, it just kind of came and went and didn't make much of an impact. Like I, I like the characters, but I wish the story... It's, I, it just feels like it's a snippet of a bigger story that I, I'd like to know more of. So that that was a bit disappointing while also you know being enjoyable in, in some regards. Uh, but that means... When I record the audio for that and finish that video, uh, I'm going to start probably this weekend Resident Evil 1, the remake, which is exciting. Maybe I'll stream it. I don't know. Part of me doesn't want to because I know those old Resident Evil games have the whole puzzly element to them that I just... I don't want to play puzzle games in any kind of streaming capacity where people watching can just make fun of me for being stupid i don't like that it's not even though i have no followers and no one's gonna watch me actually play it because nobody gives a shit about resident evil remake the first one so i don't have to worry about that really but it still is something i can't help but think about uh so yeah maybe i'll do that maybe I won't but i'm excited to play through that mainly so i can start playing resident evil 2 I just I want to play that that demo was amazing and I, I just want to play through the, the full game and then the news things I tease at you know there's whatever a bunch of people annoyed by the epic game store and exclusivity I guess I don't care no big deal it's an extra launcher get over it why why 
are you so devoted to Steam? It's why it's not a great company. They don't have the best practices or anything. It's the Steam is the the default for so many people because it was the only option for so long, the only like real option, and because Humble Bundle gave you so many Steam keys that you ended up having a huge library for so little money, and because their Steam sales would put games at ridiculous prices that you would end up building up your library in that way too, that people just have a huge library there, and because of that, they don't want to have an... I, I don't get it. Do you have multiple consoles? Do you have a PS4 and an Xbox One? And do you have games for both systems? Well, it's the same thing, so shut up and get over it. And it's not even that big of a problem because it's just a different launcher you click one app over the other boom it's open play your game and shut up <laughs> i just i don't i don't get it and then difficulty you know in regards to souls games or just any games in general i personally think that every game should have an easy mode but i i think more so than that instead of that Every game should have accessibility options, like what Celeste has, or a lot of the Sony first-party games have. Uh, Celeste was great in giving you the ability to adjust the game to fit your playstyle. If maybe it was just a little bit too hard and you wanted to give yourself an extra dash or you know, uh, this or that, or you could turn on full invinci invincibility so that you could just get through it and not have to worry about being super precise because... You know, you, you like the platforming, but having a repeat sections was frustrating for you. Uh, or you really liked the story and you wanted to see that through to the end, but it was just too hard for you and you couldn't get through it. I like that kind of stuff. In the in Uncharted series, uh, they add the lock-on ability, which makes the shooting not terrible. Because the shooting in, Charted, in Uncharted games is fucking terrible. It feels awful. But for the first time with Uncharted 4, it feels okay because you can turn on lock on and it's great. You know, I like that. You know, you can make an argument or you can hope and wish or developers can say if you use accessibility options, you won't get trophies or achievements. That's fine. I don't care about that. You know, games don't currently do that or, or maybe some do. But like Celeste, you can turn on all the things and get all the B-sides and all that and do all these hard things with all the assists on and get all the achievements. You can do that if you want. Um, whether or not that will be a fulfilling experience depends on you uh, and your general ability and all that and how important achievements and whatnot are for you. You know, but like in God of War, Spider-Man, you can turn off QTEs and stuff like that. You can turn off having to do the, or I don't even know if that was an accessibility option or just when you're doing the puzzles in Spider-Man, you can skip them if you want. I like all that kind of stuff because all these things put up a barrier to entry for gamers who aren't as skilled or gamers of a certain age or gamers who are disabled in one way or another. And I think developers should want to create their games and put them out there in a way that they are accessible to the largest possible audience. You should want to make a game that the most possible people can play why limit the size of your audience i know you, you can argue create a vision but you can just have this is you know the way this game was you know put a fucking notification a pop-up when you start the game 
or when you're when you're starting the game, you know, a new game, and then a pop-up comes up and says, the way this game was designed, it was meant to play it on this difficulty with these settings, etc. You can play it in easy mode, you can play it with this or that, but if you want the true experience, the way it was designed to be played, play it with these options, turn on, etc. And that's it. If people want to play it that way, they can. If people want to attune it to be a, an an easier experience for themselves or something that just works for them that's good uh i, I don't see why it's a problem uh, you know, more options are not bad if they if a, a game decided or like if souls games the developer from software decided to make them easier in general not add difficulties but just make them easier so that they would be more accessible to a larger audience then I would understand having a problem. But if they just add an easy mode, don't use it. If you are so weak-willed that having that easy mode there, knowing it's there, means you're just gonna you're gonna go to it. You're gonna change. You're gonna give in and play it on easy. That's on you. That's not on the game. That's not on the developer. That's on you. If you are so, you know dead set on playing it in this way or that way then just play it that way the option's still there get over it um i just don't i don't get why people feel like you know adding an easy mode would taint the dark souls experience it wouldn't it would just mean that some people who want to experience the game would now be able to and i look at this too especially for me from a very personal perspective through the eyes of my father my father loves games and he would love to be able to play more but he can't because his reflexes are not there like even even games like the walking dead uh, you know having this time sensitive aspect of it he couldn't get past the very first area you know you might look at you might even look at the walking dead i'm sure plenty of people look at the walking dead and be like this is so easy. There's nothing to it. Anyone could play this. No. Some people, when they're under a time limit, when they're when they're given these issues or put in these situations, they start to panic, and boom, they're dead. Right in the beginning, where like the the cop is crawling to him in the car, you got to kill him, or you don't kill him, and he kills you, and it's game over. And he couldn't handle that. And if there was a way that it just made it so that the the game waits for you to make the move and doesn't put that pressure on you you know it's not the the ideal way to play it of course i i would agree with that but it is a way to play it for people who would be unable to play it otherwise and to me that's nothing but a good thing accessibility is something that everyone should want because for me i i just want everyone be able to experience everything i i you know if somebody wants to play something or, or do something they should be able to give them the ability uh and let them choose if they they want to do it or not no that's just uh my two cents on the whole matter <sighs> so yeah that that's that's that uh you know, and just, you know, like a Dark Souls game, add an easy mode. And then if you play on the easy mode, you don't, you just end up not getting any achievements. That's fine. Do it that way. Uh, but whatever. 
moving on to movies and all that jazz. So I watched Bumblebee, and it was pretty good. It, it didn't make me realize, I think, something that I didn't realize until now. I don't really care for John Cena. He's fine, but he has no range. He's very stale. He, he just doesn't have much going on. And not to compare him to other wrestler-turned-actors, but I I wish that Batista would get more of the chances or roles that Cena gets because in what I've seen from Batista, I really like him. I think he has range, and I just I want to see him in more stuff. You know, he, he's great in the Gal uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He's my favorite character in those movies. He is uh, really fun in Hotel Artemis. There was a movie called, I don't remember what it was called, Final Shot or something along those lines. That was basically like Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme, except this one was around a soccer game. Or the football, the football. And that was solid. You know, It wasn't the best script or anything, but he was still good in it. So I would just... I would like to see him get more good roles in in good movies. And like his little bit in, what was it, Spectre was the only part of the movie I really enjoyed, his fight with Bond. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Cena. But the movie all, overall, Bumblebee, was pretty good. And after I finished it, I'm like, well, did I like this more than the first Transformers? I'm going to rewatch that. So I did. And I realized I don't like the original Transformers anymore. I think part of it is that I'm at a point, I realized this a few years ago or so, that I hit a point where I'm no longer willing to accept action movies for just the action alone, for having a, for being a great spectacle, if the writing is absolute shit, and the writing in a Transformers movie is really bad with some horrible humor. And on top of that, it is long, and it feels long. I think Bumblebee is a little over two hours, but it was paced pretty well. And Transformers, the original, is around two and a half hours, and it feels like two and a half hours. It feels long as hell. I was watching, I'm like, how much more of this is there? And then I saw it was like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this thing? Uh, so it's not, it's not paced particularly well. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, Bumblebee's the only Transformers movie I like, I guess. Then I watched The Man Who Shot Hitler, or The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then Bigfoot, which is starring Sam Elliott, that's his name, right? Mr. Mustache. And I really enjoyed it. I think, I mean, the, the critically, it did relatively well. Uh, regular audiences weren't as keen on it. And I think part of it is because you look at the title and what stands out to you is, you know, killing Hitler and Bigfoot. And you're like, oh, this will probably be a campy, fun movie, but it's way more serious and uh, melancholy in ways. And it's about the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. It's about the man. That's why it's called the man who killed 
Bigfoot killed killed Hitler and Bigfoot, and not the act of killing Hitler and Bigfoot. You you see both uh, murders happen, both uh, crimes happen, but it's it's more so about the character played by Sam Elliott, and there are some pretty good monologues in it from multiple characters, and I liked it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I, I, I thought it was a, a decent time, and it's something I think I might want to watch again. I'm not sure. That's where I am. I'm on the edge of whether or not it's a movie I'd want to own or not. I enjoyed it, but do I want to own it again, or do I want to own it and watch it again? Uh, you know, it's on demand now. Redbox too, as well. So it's worth checking out if you want to see it. Uh, also, speaking of Sam Elliott, I watched maybe a week ago Roadhouse, which is just a good, fun, dumb little thing. And then, speaking of Patrick Swayze, I watched Ghost and I was like, oh, this is way dumber and shittier than I remembered being. So that went out the window. I was watching South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. And it, it uh, wasn't good. I was not a fan of it. And its whole. The whole conceit of it just being, hey, we can swear now. Isn't that funny? Let's just keep doing that. That's the whole joke throughout. It, you know, it's bigger, yes, but not better. Longer, yes, but not laughier. <laughs> Uncut, yes, maybe it should be cut. Should be shorter and cut. Uh, I don't know. What else did I watch of note? I don't know. Probably some other stuff. I'm going to watch the original Pet Cemetery soon. And then I don't I don't know if I want to watch the new one. Checking out the, the reviews around. like the, the early buzz was very positive. I think it was at like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes for a while. And now it's down to 69 or 60-something. 60 and reading the reviews has me very... I'm just... I don't know. I don't know what to make of Pet Cemetery. Other than I think the cat looks good. <laughs> it's a good looking cat. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end this here episode. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show, or the Protect the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch both of them there, along with some anime reviews, if you so choose. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check them all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. My father is uh, turning a year older this Sunday, so wish him a happy birthday. Even though you don't know him and you don't care, still do it. 
And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and a lovely weekend.